You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, it was an interesting day on Friday because the S&P and the other major US indices had a not dramatic, but certainly significant reversal. They were down and then it was almost as though the selling just simply dried up and we rallied or rather the market rallied. That's the sort of event that I look at and I say, even from not only just from a fundamental, but also a technical point of view that might signal the fact that the worst is over. Did you get the same feeling or are you still fearful of the market? I'm still fearful. I I would have been very happy if we had a good day today and we continued with that recovery. Yeah. But uh, Lindsay, just doing my weekend reading, it was uh, it was punishment. There was nothing enjoyable about reading reports, what uh, analysts said, what commentators said, uh, what you know uh, across the across a whole spectrum. Everybody was warning of more of stagflation, of more trouble to come, of lower, you know, of higher costs, higher labor costs, falling profits. Whatever you looked at was negative. I know for me that's normally a sign of the bottom, but I mean, um, the influence of a lot of these commentators or analysts, uh, you know, you, you can't dismiss. So I think the mood remained extremely. Uh, cautious. Yes. And you've got to, you've got, you know, you know, it's, it's uh, how can I say? And I think this was depressed also by the Chinese news that came out today. Terrible data. Yeah. Mm. Terrible data. Mm. And, and that's the data that they're releasing. It might be worse than that. And the thing that really startled me, sorry to interrupt you, but um, was yeah. that yeah. Shanghai is um, a city of 25 million people, I believe. They didn't mm. sell one car last month because of the lockdown and the previous month yeah. they sold 118,000 new cars that's an astonishing yeah. statistic yeah well i don't know how the chinese are going to reverse it because they they still committed to growth of five percent or five and a half percent i don't know what the official number is mm. so i don't know what tricks they're going to pull out of the hat you know what rabbits they're going to pull out of the hat. i don't know how they're going to achieve this but it, it, it's it's an important uh, area of the market. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese are big consumers, and even if uh, you know, even if uh, um, they're not buying metals or materials or doing anything, you know, the consumers are still there and add to the global economy by what what might be limited consumption still. Um, so, so yeah, that was disturbing. But but I think overall, uh, you're still getting. A huge amount of of uh, cautiousness uh, in the market. You know, we're discussing we're discussing what the Fed's going to do ad nauseum. Yes. Uh, when I say ad nauseum, it's and then what the press and I, I, I always look at Bloomberg's and I always wonder what their motivation is because what they will do, they will interview twenty people and get a soundbite from each. You know, like just and say. Uh, you know, which is a negative sway of things, and then they put it on as an advert, you know, and you say, oh, well, thanks very much, you know, this is what these people say. So they extract a soundbite from everybody, put it into an advert, and you say, well, you know, should I slit my throat now or later? So I, 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 uh, I'm I, saying, why don't, you know, why isn't it balanced? Are there people who just believe that we're going into this kind of negative loop for a long time. Lindsay, the question I ask, yes. and this is what I bring up when I talk to, to, and I say, okay, 
how long is this likely to last? In other words, if we go into a, a downward cycle, is this a five-year cycle? Is it a four-year cycle? Is it a three-year cycle? What is the cycle? In other words, yes, I can understand we might have a recession, you know, the, the U.S. economy, but how long is that recession going to last? In other words, what's the damage going to be? Is this a, a 6 nil or 10 nil defeat, or is it a two, just a losing on a penalty, if, <laughs> if, if, if you can understand? You know what I'm saying? I do. I, no, one can, no one's looking further than a few months out. I'm saying, what, what lies beyond that? And, and, and there's no thinking about that. Everything is focused on the next few months and a dramatic increase in interest rates. And this is going to plummet the uh, you know, markets. I said, okay, fine. That's only three months, six months. Where are we looking? And, and that's what I'm finding grave difficulty in, in getting from analysts and strategists and that. I don't invest in my clients for three months or six months. Or I'm looking two, three, four, five years ahead. That's where we're positioning ourselves. Just look at a long-term graph of the S&P 500 or the MSCI yep. or whatever other indicator that you favor. And you just look at it and you say, okay, there are certain periods that where markets stagnate for more than six months, uh, maybe up to two, three years or something. But when you, when you look back historically, the, you can get some sort of indication. The problem is now that has been one of my favorite words, a concatenation of circumstances that have all come together at the same yeah. time. Inflation, yeah. war, uh, rising interest rates, supply chain issues, uh, global health crisis, that sort of thing. That's just five I can get mm -hmm. off on, on one hand. So you can't, you can't actually compare this, not in our lifetimes anyway, um, to anything else. I mean, you've had it in South Africa uh, because yeah. you've been through so much political strife and it's stuffed up the JSE on a number of occasions. But this time, everyone is suffering. And I do fear that maybe there is a little bit more because one may disappear, but the other one will come back. I'm looking at the wheat price, David. Here's a good example. Yeah. Uh, goes back to early 1980s. And it was trading, um, I suppose the mean would be about $4 a bushel for it. Uh, okay, there was a spike in 2007, 2008, up to around about $10.50 a bushel. At $12.50 a bushel, $12.50 a bushel at the moment, because India has banned any exports because they obviously want to keep their stocks in, 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 intact. This is what people eat every day. This is, yeah, okay. this is the, the main ingredient for bread, which is part of in, inflation. And the oil price is stubbornly above $100 a barrel. I, I, I tend to think that maybe it's not different this time, but it is slightly more enhanced this time. In other words, the, 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 there are a, a few more consequences that uh, will take a long time to get out of the system. Do you agree? No? Well, when you say out of the we're not going to see this going up this price every year. So next year, we're still going to have a $100 oil price. Yeah. We're still going to all, – all I'm asking, is this going to topple the global economy and put it into a deep recess? You know, is this going to spiral downwards or are we going to get out of this? So no one's telling me next year what happens when the rains come or the monsoons come to India. Uh, is the wheat going to grow? You know, are they, is, in other words, is there still going to be a crop next year? So I, I, this is where I'm having difficulty is that I can't get anybody to look beyond the next few months. 
And I'm saying, okay, well, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get out the market and stay in cash, and then things start to change, and then I've got to get back in again and start looking. So I, 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 I can't find anybody who can give me a view beyond um, the next two or three um, Fed meetings. You know, so okay, is this, is this, is this entrenched? You know, is this going to kill us? Is this, uh, you know, is this the end of the world? I mean, I'm being a bit dramatic there. But that's where I'm having difficulty in, in, in understanding what this means. Most of the reports I read were very short-term focused. You know, very – if you understand what I'm getting at, I I'm do trying understand. to say, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, on the other hand, they have to be short-term focused because if they say in two years' time this will happen – you and I have spoken about analysts and economists that say, well, in two years' yeah. time uh, the oil price is going to be $67 a barrel. What a load of hogwash. You can't, you, you can't possibly predict that. So it's, it's a day-to-day -day thing. I mean, I'm looking now at natural gas. Um, the, the, Finland, of course, has said it, it's um, in the process of joining NATO and Sweden the same. Russia says immediately, OK, I'm cutting off your electricity. And they have cut off electricity to Finland. What are the knock-on effects? Finland has to get electricity yep. from somewhere, so it goes somewhere else. And that has an effect on the whole uh, ecosystem of energy supply. In Europe, I mean, Finland's not a small, uh, not a huge country, but it's not a small country, uh, and, it, and it goes on. And what happens to wheat? What happens to a person in um, Robertson, for example, in the Western Cape, who has to buy a loaf of bread, and suddenly the loaf of bread is three times the level it was three months ago. They have to pass okay. it on, and that has an incredible effect. What it means is, David, there are certain things that have inelastic demand, i.e., if you heat your home with gas or uh, with with oil, and, and you put oil in your car in the form of um, uh, gasoline, as the Americans call it, uh, and if you buy bread, those three things you can't substitute really. I suppose with wheat you could do, you could buy you could buy some other staple. But that then reduces demand because you have to keep on buying these things and therefore there's less money to buy other things. So inflation will eventually come down. But at the moment, it's impossible to forecast. It has to be a short-term analysis. And although I don't like economists in, in, in general uh, because I think they get it wrong so, so often, I think, David, that um, you have to have some sympathy for them because everything's up in the air. There's so many balls in the air at the moment. That was a big rant, anyway. No, I understand. I understand all of this in the short term. But, I mean, does this mean we're never going to get wheat again? You know, that's, that's what I'm asking. I'm saying, okay, I'm with you. I know that I know what we've gone through, massive supply chain issues because of, uh, number one, with China being locked down, we can't get certain issues. Uh, we can't get uh, access to certain equipment or semiconductors or whatever goes into them, whatever they do supply. I can understand gas and oil. There is plenty of oil around that can mm. come out the ground, certainly in America. And, and so it goes. So I'm not, I'm not questioning what we face in the short term. What I am questioning is, is for are the Ferrari engineers saying, no, I'm not going to design a new car because yeah, man, this is the end of the world. I don't you think know. that you can That's compare Ferraris with wheat. I mean, there's not many people go out no, every no. morning what and buy, buy a is, loaf of Ferrari. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm saying this is our, our business is just going to throw their tools down and say, I can't do this anymore. Not at all. They're still thinking the uh, 
you know, they're still thinking the whole thing through. So, um, you know what I mean? The the world's not going to come to an end. Uh, And this is where I'm having difficulty with a lot of the reports I'm reading. There's nobody who's who's looking beyond. Analysts are. I I read a report now uh, on LVMH. And um, they they are so bucked about uh, where this company is going, you know, from uh, LVMH because they've just opened a new store in in Paris on 30 years at Montaigne Road. Oh, wow. I, don't I don't know how you pronounce it. Mm. It's it's an iconic store, and they're looking at it and saying, "Hold on a sec, this the price of LVMH is now 550 it's going to be 850 It's going up 45% in a year. Yeah, but who writes so, that report? Okay. It's, it's, it's a new well, superstore. It's a new superstore, and you, you have to go. Uh, before you – I wouldn't even go in a shop like that. I'd feel too intimidated. Yeah, I know. But you have to, buy, you have to spend 20,000 euros just to get to the, the cheapest item. But I don't think that changes it. And, and David, what you, what you have to understand, I think, is it's like the alcohol industry. They put out these uh, very surreptitiously – they put out these reports to say, well, if you have two glasses of red wine a day, it's actually very good for you. Rubbish. Alcohol is not good for you. <laughs> Alcohol is terrible for you. doesn't matter how many you have a day, uh, whether you have a, 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 a bottle of vodka a day or two glasses of wine a day. It affects your organs. And, and that is what I'm saying about maybe the analyst industry as well. They say things because it's in their best interest to say so. So there will be, for example, an embedded analyst for LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy. There's an embedded analyst that says 550 now, 850 in the future, just because we've opened a new um, shop in a smart, uh, a, sh- um, a, a smart place of, in, in Paris. Don't you? Th- do you, am, am I being cynical? No, I, well, I, I think you are because these are chaps who are employed by the wealth divisions of some of the major banks, hmm. and uh, their reputations are online. You know, so they're not going to. They're not going to make these forecasts if they don't believe the company can achieve the numbers. What kind of multiple we want to put and what price we want to put, that's up to us. But they're saying, listen, you know, this is what the profits are going to be. Uh, this is where it is going to be, despite all the fact that wheat might be going up and the price of oil is going up and all these things are happening. There's still enough people out there who are going to buy a Louis Vuitton bag, or now it's going to be a Dior bag, or so on. And, and it's unfair to use a luxury area, you know, uh, for comparison. But it is an extreme area. So I'm saying, when when we go through the numbers of a lot of businesses that are quoted in in the U.S. and so on, the the view we're getting is not as negative as the view that is projected by so many fixed investment analysts and so many economists and so many strategists. So there's this diversion in opinion between the people looking at the underlying businesses and those who are writing the, uh, the macro reports. Well, so you, we've got to reconcile it. Today the market is up well, on yeah. the JSE. Of yeah, course it's, you know, yeah. So I'm saying we'll, we'll yeah. come to that in a moment. But uh, you, you, mm. you, you must admit uh, that if, if you if you followed ten analysts or ten economists or yeah. or, or, or both of those things and looked at their forecasts over the last 10 years of your investment yeah. career i wonder how many people would have been accurate they don't know they're just putting it out because they no, get paid not. a million rand a year in order mm-hmm. to put out those things i'm sorry i could put out yeah. a report every single day i could put out a report and now i could get paid mm. uh, you know 
twenty thousand a year just because I'm a uh, I'm out I'm, I'm outside the the mainstream, and I would probably do as well as some of the analysts. I'm sorry, it's uh, it's all spurious <laughs> at the moment. Nobody knows, David, yeah. and you've always no, always said that to me on all no, of no. our podcasts. You said. Nobody no. knows. Nobody knows. So why no. employ them? It's like a company that's in, in Cape Town in the southern suburbs. It doesn't employ an economist. And it's a huge fund manager. There's no economist sitting in their offices because they used to work for them. Uh, and the reason is, I said, well, what's the point? You don't know. We're here to analyze uh, the value of stocks and to an analyze mm. the value of a company and how it's going. Mm. We, we don't need someone to say that we think GDP is going to be minus 1.2% next year or something. They don't care. I'm, I think it's all bunker. I think they're all, not all of them, but uh, there's an American phrase, bunker artists. I think that there are a lot of banco artists out there that get paid and they go on television and they put out their views and then they go home and say, oh, goodness me, fingers crossed, I don't get it wrong again. That's me. By the way, when the um, when this um, interview started, uh, the S&P was down nearly 1%. It's now unchanged. It's all over the place. See, nobody knows. David? Just, just to reiterate your wheat's futures, mm. I just look here today, up 62%. Precisely. <laughs> so if you bought a loaf for, if you bought a loaf for 10 rand, it's now 10, 10 rand 60, uh, if you take out the currency. <laughs> of course it is. That's a, a crude example. But anyway, David, and today... South African wheat. stocks today that have been in the news because yeah. there's been lots and lots of uh, February lots year of, end yeah. numbers. Life Healthcare, Barlow World, Jubilee Metals, uh, Astral, Redefine, Robex, Altron, Vodacom, Calgo, all coming out with either results mm. or trading mm. updates. Mm. Which of those mm. um, has I, I, picked your interest? Vodacom, very interesting. Mm. Vodacom, very interesting. Because... I'm a little disappointed. I know it's a tough business. Mm. And uh, I look at the company. MTN is, is doing wonderfully in, uh, you know, in Nigeria. Vodacom has always been a very solid business. But when you go through, I was trying to say, okay, what's going to make me, what's going to make me buy the share? The only thing that will make me, and I'm not a dividend person, is that you, you're trading at a dividend of about, you know, the current price, it's got a dividend yield of about, what, almost 5%, we, um, just let me look at this, about just over 5.5%, so, which is 5.96%, in fact, on the current price and that. So that's quite attractive, a 6% dividend yield, but the growth is not there. In other words, they're paying a lot of the money out, so most of their earnings, and one wants to see kind of growth. So we're getting into a utility-type business, which is okay. So if you're looking for yield, Vodacom, very attractive. If you're looking for growth, I'm afraid it's not there. And I, I'm i very interested in, in what these uh, mobile companies will be doing in the fintech space, you know, because of their connection and because of the developments that we're seeing in the MTN. But uh, they, they say they make a lot of progress, but it's not coming through in growth maybe rather in cash and that. So yes. little, I, I, I was, uh, the share price was down. The share was down about two and a half percent. I haven't looked at the, at the moment, but I mean, it's, I, I suppose it's just a bit disappointing that uh, we're not seeing uh, big growth in, 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 in those areas, you know, that it's, uh, they're not making a lot of headway. So that was, that was the one I looked at. Um, I, I'm interested in Barlow World as well, because, 
We've been very concerned about Bala World because of its exposure to Russia yes. and Mongo- you know, Russia and Mongolia. Um, there's not much. I haven't gone through it in the greatest detail, but uh, the share price, which had come down because of fears of that, was up about nearly five percent today. You know, on on the strength of some very good numbers. Yeah. Um, but one needs to go through that and also ask questions about what would be happening in Siberia. You know, it's all very well that they're making the earnings, but can they come back here? Yeah. So anyway. that was it. The others are, you know, Astral and Jubilee and Kelgro are uh, Astral very much in line with their uh, – they did come out with a fairly comprehensive trading statement. Astral's, you know, chickens are very difficult. They, it, it's <laughs> such a difficult industry. Honestly, you know why? Because of, of all the things that you mentioned – can you can you imagine what a chicken's going to cost if you're talking about the wheat prices going up? You know, and I'm talking maybe feed yeah, because exactly. it's associated. You got you well, got to shove something. I mean, chicken. the, the, the chickens yeah. don't eat wheat so much; they eat uh, uh, maize or they're fed maize. Corn and maize, uh, yeah, or corn, as um, yeah. as the real world calls it. But Fair. yeah, it, it, but as you say, there is a substitution aspect here. So if the wheat price yeah. goes up, then they can't afford to to, to buy wheat, then you <laughs> then you buy corn. Or so. I don't know what it is, but anyway, your yeah, chickens are very difficult. I, I had two chickens once, and they're um, you you actually own them. Yeah, I owned two chickens. One was called Nando, and the other one was called KFC, and uh, they, they were both lovely. Well, you didn't sell them there, though. No, no, I didn't. They laid me an egg every morning. God bless them. <laughs> they were lovely, uh, but, but, but you're quite right. The chickens are difficult. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's a difficult area in that. Mm. And life, life is also a bit disappointing. You know, uh, uh, look, it's been very hard for hospital groups because of the the huge strain of the uh, pandemic and the huge uh, uh, strain it put on their resources and also the fact that they never had the electives, electives coming back now. Um, I think I think they were okay on the diagnostic side of life healthcare. So it is life that have got the diagnostics in, in the UK. Or am I mixing them up? But I mean, um, I've, you know, it, it's the market didn't really warm to it in a great deal. And I think it's going to take some time before all the hospital groups are able to kind of, you know, work through the curve and and get back to or or normalize that curve if they ever can. Yeah. But um, these are difficult. You know, the companies that we're looking at now have been it's been they're very difficult companies. You know, because of life, because of the pandemic, chickens, because of inflation, um, Vodacom. I don't know. I thought that would have been better, but anyway. Redefine came out with numbers as well. I don't know if you picked that up. Yes, I did. I mentioned so, Redefine in the introduction there, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I still don't understand your stance on 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 the property sector. What is what is your stance leading I, to that I, question? They're they're okay at the moment. It's going to take them a long time before they can really recover, and and what happens is they become a function of interest rates. So if we're going to keep int- interest rates hiking here, mm. it is going to affect them. The only benefit is that you normally peg them from the long rate. You know what I mean? So so, so your property companies will compete with the long rate, which is the 10-year rate, and, and that's held up pretty well. But on the short rate, um, you know, prices are going to go up. The other thing that we tend to forget, you know, and, and, and really what we tend to forget is um, is that, their costs are associated with running a building. 
And if you've got inflation, it yeah. does put margins under pressure as well. So, you know, while you collect rent, what we tend to ignore is, is number one, you are borrowing money. You know, you tend to borrow money, which is, I think, much more short-term than long-term, and you're going to pay higher interest rates. And on the other hand, you've also got uh, rates, you know, your, your rates, taxes, and electricity, all of those going up as well, which also crimps your, your margin. So I just feel, you know, you like to buy companies kind of uh, when things are turning, when the economy looks like turning around and getting better. And uh, you can search for the bottom. But listen, it's a good, it's not a bad result under the circumstances. And they're repaying, which they've already told us about, that they've uh, resumed paying um, dividends. dividends. Mm. Mm. Distributions. Okay, David. Distributions, um, yeah. Let's um, let's move on to more serious matters now because I I, I don't know, I get depressed about things sometimes. You know, I I, I look forward and think, what am I going to do this summer? Because the football season is over, essentially, at uh, the end of May when Liverpool play Real Madrid in Paris for the UEFA Champions League final. There's nothing. What do I do after that? So I have to hang on to everything. I, I watched Spurs against Arsenal. Sorry about that. The other, the other night. Uh, Terrible. Th- Thursday night. There was a couple of bad decisions, I think, from the referee and the VAR. But anyway, Arsenal uh, got thumped 3-0 in front of a very enthusiastic Spurs crowd at their fantastic stadium. Um, and then the FA Cup final on Saturday, not the women's one. The women's one was actually quite good fun. Um, when, when I say good fun, that's sort of disparaging. It was a really good game, far more entertaining than the men's match. Um, yeah. But the men's game, everyone said what an enthralling adventure it was and it was so vibrant. What a load of rubbish. They couldn't hit, they, they yeah. couldn't hit a... A, a, a cow's bum with a banjo. These people. They. they kept on, it was. It was. <laughs> it was a terrible game. It was awful. And then the travesty of penalties. And it was. I don't know. I know. What did you think? I know. I hated it. I. I actually looked forward to having something to do on Saturday, and I. Re, I really looked forward to it. Mm, I did and too. Uh, I thought we'd get. I thought we'd get some. You know, good game and that. But everything was so, it just seemed strained and slow and tedious, you know. And I just ground, you just, I ground my way through the match. I say, please, someone score and put us out of this agony, you know. So, and, and then we went into extra time and I just found, I, I just looked at a Liverpool team that was totally, totally exhausted. You know, Mo Seller just sat on the floor and said, take me off. Yeah, and he, even Virgil van Dijk, who is yeah. such a stalwart of the Liverpool team, you know, was taken off. He's the world's and best I don't know whether it was. It. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. He just looked tired and fatigued. And I think right through the team, you know, Chelsea just lacked any kind of. I don't know why they put Lukaku on. I don't know if the rest of the team was injured. But I think he just stood there. I don't know what he does in the team. Yeah, what's anyway. happened to him? He's absolutely terrible. Uh, he, 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 I mean, I always thought that when he came there, he would just blast his way through English defences. Uh, but he's done nothing. He's he's absolutely he's rotten. He's he, he can't, again. He's uh, he's. Under- I don't know whether the game doesn't suit him. Maybe, Maybe the game doesn't suit him. You know the the way that Chelsea play doesn't suit Lukaku. And uh, anyway, but I mean. I don't know what he was doing. He was just an appendage. Yeah, he was just lumbering and, around uh, doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the misses, 
Pulisic, I don't know where. He sent him back to America. He couldn't, couldn't. You know, what did you say? Couldn't hit a cow's bum with a banjo. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> Jesus, they were terrible. Yeah. Oh, um, but um, and then, then then I saw Man City go down two and last in the. Don't make don't that was a good game. That was a really good yeah, game. I, I mean, City no, coming back, I, I, but then the no, penalty. No, I, 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 I didn't sleep for two hours after that game because of uh, Mares's penalty miss, which would have penalty. essentially guaranteed the championship for City and I for know. Pep, my hero. Yeah. Anyway. No, All right. Mm. Uh, this week, what so have we tonight got? Tonight is Arsenal Newcastle. Yeah. Tomorrow's Liverpool Southampton. Oh. I just. Uh, oh God. If Liverpool lose tomorrow night, the, the title is City's, and I really, I'm, I'm yeah, sending messages to, to the South African, sorry, to the Southampton, Southampton. Fa- fan fan base. I'm sending them messages of support to say, please. Have they got a team? I mean, have they got anybody there that can do anything? I couldn't, I couldn't name one person in the in the Southampton <laughs> team, but you know, stranger things have happened. Liverpool are tired. They played the, the, the weekend. They've got to travel down from Liverpool down yeah. to the south coast and everything. You know, there, 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 there's a chance they might not win. That's what I want. I a big one tomorrow. But very good luck with us against Newcastle tonight um, because if you don't yeah, win then... I, I just hope they turn up that's all mm. that's what I'm saying I just hope the Arsenal team turns up and they don't do stupid things and get sent off on the 20th or 30th minute I mean mm. you know, how, how, what do you expect to do man just oh, anyway yeah. I don't know Liver, I, don't, I, I don't know Spurs have got that way of getting penalties you know the same thing this, this thing against Burnley I just feel sorry for Burnley as well you know, and also to spend eight minutes or ten minutes that deciding was a, whether that was a, a terrible penalty, penalty a decision. That, that was the the, the most disgrace. marginal. It I was a disgraceful yeah. decision, don't you think? That you wasn't know, a penalty. Especially when you've got so much at stake. You know, when you've got Burnley on there, and it's oh my god, no. Anyway, mm. I don't know how they decide upon that as well. You know, if you can't decide in a few seconds, just move on. Exactly. If you've got an hour on it, anyway, there should be a time Listen, limit. Of course, I'm. Uh, mm. Yeah, you know, of course I wanted the Spurs to lose, but I mean, so my frustration <laughs> is part from that, but I mean, nevertheless. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to David. keep the crowd sitting on the bums waiting for it is, oh, God, anyway. You must, um, I am miserable. It's, I think it's markets <laughs> that are making me like this. Ah, please, David. You've been in the markets for uh, <laughs> 110 <laughs> years or whatever it is. You, 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 uh, you forget yeah. about it. But please try and stay up for Arsenal Newcastle tonight because that will define you your mad? season. Are you mad? No, 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 I can't. If, if, if I watch the game, I'll be like you. I wouldn't be able to sleep for three hours. <laughs> anyway. Okay, jolly good. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to hear the beep. The beep will tell me if they've scored or they haven't scored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, good luck with the beep. And we'll speak tomorrow night with Nick Kunza. And that was David okay. Shapiro, and that was Shapiro World. He's from Sassarin Securities. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.